Hello, people. This is Peter Hurley, and you are listening to the Angry Millennial Podcast here on the Angry Millennial Podcast. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, who doesn't love really well-designed photography clothing? Check out clickgearclothing.com, a lifestyle for urban photographers, All Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code ANGRYPHOTO to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now, guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at ClickGearClothingLTD. What's going on, AM Nation, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Show. Today, we're chatting with illustrator and graphic designer, Timothy Giuliani. Timothy, thanks for coming out, man. Thanks for having me. No, of course. I mean, uh, let's let's kind of start from the beginning. You know, were you always creative? Uh, did illustration come first for you kind of growing up? Yeah, I was always always drawing when I was a kid. Uh, like like we were saying before we started, I, or you, you were asking me about, you know, horror and monsters, mm-hmm. and that was something I was into. Yeah, I was always drawing monsters. That's and a notebook. Cool. If we were ever out somewhere with my family, mm-hmm. I was always drawing something. That's awesome. I mean, we're about the same age. Do you remember growing up watching Ah Monsters or Ah Real Monsters? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I watched yeah. a lot of those Nickelodeon shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember loving that show and and thinking like cartoons nowadays are pretty fucking weird. <laughs> like the shit my kids watch mm-hmm. is really kind of out there, like Uncle Grandpa and that kind of stuff. But Adventure when I, Time. Right, Adventure yeah. Time. But when I think about like when we were kids, I mean, there was some messed up shit like Ren and Stimpy. Like some of the things that happened yeah. on there were so weird. Yeah. And then, you know, Aro Monsters. And I mean, there's tons. Of, I know I'm not coming up with it right now, but but it was it was definitely a great time to kind of just be a kid. And, and, and the cartoons back then were pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like we said, to to foster that kind of creativity with regards to like you know monsters and horror and that kind of stuff was pretty was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a it was a great time to grow up. It was just uh, you know with the way things are now, everyone's uh, everything's so divided as far as the uh, pop culture and mm-hmm. what you can pay attention to mm-hmm. since uh, because of the internet and streaming and all that. Mm-hmm. Back then, we were much limited, much more limited in what we could could watch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time to grow up and take in all those weird things. Yeah. Yeah. It had a huge influence on the, uh, on my work. Mm -hmm. That's great. So speaking of that, I mean, like myself, you, you started your career like in the 06, 08 time when Mm -hmm. let's be honest, the job market was a fucking dumpster fire. And, you know, what was it like for you coming out with an arts degree, uh, into the workforce? Uh, it was terrible at first. Uh, like, <laughs> I can attest to that as well, but I didn't like, have an arts degree. Can I can only imagine. Yeah, I was. I can't say I'm. Uh, there are a lot of times where I regretted making that choice, right. getting a painting degree. There's yeah. not much, uh, you know, not much money in that. Right. 
and my wife and I both had painting degrees, which uh, we weren't married at the time, but it's uh, for us both coming out of college with fine arts degrees, it uh, made it even more difficult. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we tried to make a go of um, getting into galleries with our paintings mm-hmm. right out of college. And we had a few bad experiences with that. Mm. And um, we kind of gave up. And, uh, and then in, um, after like maybe a couple of years, I ended up um, applying for a job at uh, a comedy club, the mm-hmm. Lakeshore Theater in Chicago. And that's when graphic design became a new career path for me. Right. That's awesome. I mean, and, and that's like you said, that's a, a very common but not direct path for a lot of artists is you sit there and say, okay, I'm um, for a lot of people, I'm a trained artist, a painter, a drawer, illustrator, whatever. And then, you know, as you embrace the digital medium and that kind of thing, then graphic design suddenly, um, you know, becomes uh, viable. And it's really interesting because, I mean, maybe you can test this more than I can, but I've kind of noticed that like, at least to me, maybe graphic design wasn't as in, and as integrated in the pop culture as it is now, you know, the last few years where I couldn't tell you 15 years ago who were cool graphic designers or, or what people were doing unless you worked in an agency and I saw your stuff. Yeah. Um, but beyond that now, I mean, there's a huge boom where people, and maybe it's the, you know, the, the boom of the internet or, or everyone having a site or everyone, personal branding being a big thing. But now all of a sudden, like, yeah, there's tons of great graphic designers that I can say they have amazing work and I can recognize their work and and see it different places. Uh, and it's it's really neat, you know, and and um, I would I definitely want to go into that. We're going to go into it a little bit kind of like how that's those those early like you're 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 going into the comedy world and kind of helped your graphic design kind of flourish. But one thing I kind of want to give you a little bit of shit about is, uh, speaking of careers, your latest entry on LinkedIn is digital asset librarian. I mean, I got to say, congratulations on the least sexy job title ever as a Chicagoan. Yes, it's not not terribly exciting. (laughs) You know, uh, like I was freelancing for a long time. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, last year I decided... um, I wanted to find something a little steadier, mm-hmm. even if it mm-hmm. wasn't very sexy. Yeah. Um, and we've, all, we've all been there. Yeah. Cause you know, there's, I was in a bit of a slump mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of last year. So it was, it's nice to have a steady paycheck. I'm still freelancing, uh, you know, as, as an illustrator mm-hmm. in addition to that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it makes uh, financially, it makes things a lot less scary. Right. Right. And I mean, that's something that, um, you know, I, I Maybe you can attest to this, especially because you came from an arts degree background. So like every person in your graduating class is like, you know, probably thinking to themselves, fuck it, make it big, go full time or, or you're a failure. And mm-hmm. and to the point of of literal um, failure. Right. Yeah. And, and they get burnt out. And I mean, I primarily am a photographer and I was self-taught. So I never really it was always to me like a side thing that became a full time thing. Uh, and, and over the years fluctuated in terms of how much bandwidth I gave it, you know, I I either did it for a full-time job or I did it as a full-time freelancer, or I did it as a side thing. When I took like you, I took a normal job. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for me, like I looked at like the big picture, 
you know? And I always said, if I took a, like we said, a not so sexy job for a paycheck, it doesn't mean I'm no longer a photographer. You're no longer a graphic designer or an illustrator. It's just, yeah, like I'm taking a job so that now I can do, and I think it helps because then I can, I can take on the stuff I really want to, not the stuff to pay my bills. And, you know, I noticed when I, when I started doing it as a photographer, it was crazy. Like when you don't need the money in a in, in essence, uh, I saw my rates almost quadruple in, yeah. overnight because I sat here and said, I don't need that money. So I'm going to, I'm going to up my rates, take the jobs I want, be really picky, really selective. And suddenly I was doing stuff that not only was paying me really well, but I actually gave a shit about. And to me, it was like, that was so freeing as, as a creative. And, you know, I mean, tell me, ha- have you noticed that? You know, cause like you said, at, at this point in your career, you, you know, we're going to get into like your great client list and, and all the kind of stuff. But like we all know when you're a freelancer, it's a feast and famine type thing. And that gets old after a while. Yeah. Um, so ha- have you noticed that kind of, that kind of rejuvenation in terms of what you were going after in terms of clients since taking on that, digital asset librarian job? (laughs) Yeah, I'd say, um, well, one nice thing too about having this steady job that doesn't involve any creativity is that it doesn't sap my creative energy at all. Mm -hmm. So like in my off hours, I'm not like, even though I'm still sitting in front of a computer, I'm not like, uh, you know, um, dragging my feet about having to work on a graphics job. Right. And uh, yeah, I'd say now I get to be pickier about things because I don't have to take every job in order to pay the bills. Um, like there was a period uh, and I did enjoy working there. It was, I worked, I did posters regularly for a theater uh, called main stage in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, before I started working there, almost all my graphics jobs were for uh, comedians and mm-hmm. mostly comedians I was a fan of. And so that was great. And it was, it was rarely, it rarely seemed like a chore to put, to put something together for these people. Right. Because usually I was like very familiar with their work. So it was easy to come up with a concept for, for a design. But then at main stage, um, I was doing comedian posters there, but also uh, posters for like world music, which I'm not necessarily a fan of. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a lot of music acts that were maybe uh, appeal to an older crowd. Than, than it did to me. Something my yeah. dad would listen to. Yeah, the, the cruise line crowd. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, of course I appreciated getting the work, but it was, you know, it was harder to come up with things for those those acts. Right. And um, it wasn't as creatively fulfilling mm-hmm. sometimes. So at, at the point I'm at now, I don't have to take every job like that. Right, yeah. And sort of, you know, I like so many like... Um, like acoustic acts and I, I ran out of ideas for them. I was like drawing so many guitars. I, just I was going to say, there's it. only so many guitars and birds you can throw on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, it just wasn't really in my wheelhouse, you know, right. It was a bit of a struggle sometimes, but uh, yeah, I'm in that spot now where it's, I get to be picky. Right. Right. And like you said, it's, it's a really good place to be in, you know, yeah, yeah. and it like, like you had mentioned, it's um, it it's it's been great, you know, because you said some people can look at it like you're taking a step back in terms of your illustration career, but in reality, maybe you're taking a step forward. You're just being a little more open 
to the how you're going to get there. You know, mm-hmm. and and I would tell people all the time, like, yeah, I could keep doing photography full time, but guess what? I'd probably get burnt out. I'd probably never want to pick up a camera again. Instead, let me take this job that if it's in line with what everything else I'm doing, great. And but you know what? If it's not, it's fine too, because now I'm able to stay fresh and stay motivated with photography. And that's my my mind. That's what I want. I want the big picture. I want the, I want to be shooting until forever. But it's but over the years, I'm going to recognize like what capacity it's going to be is going to change, and that's fine. And a lot of people, especially with art degrees, come out and say, "Dude, no! If you're not making a hundred percent of your, you know, income from your craft, like you're you're shit." And it's like, no, not really. Yeah, you know, like the the few people who can have like a 30, 40 year career, uh, you know, just doing photography is amazing. But you know what? You also ask a lot of them. Ever thought about maybe doing something else? Do you ever want to? I mean, honestly, sometimes they they surprise you with their answers. Um, so tell me. What advice would you give like young illustrators nowadays um, seeing as how you launched your career during a recession? I mean, maybe nowadays it's, I would say maybe job market might be similar, but I would think that with so many different avenues and and social media channels and platforms out now, it it can be more interesting. I mean, I, I know someone who, they're launching a graphic design company off of Snapchat geo filters, you know, mm-hmm. and and there's those kind of opportunities that are coming up that really weren't there back when we joined the workforce. Yeah, I uh, I think where I've a lot of the work I've gotten and where um, the long line of work I've gotten is, that's especially the work that's been tied to comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it just started from luck, like. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I ended up working at the Lakeshore Theater. It was just like a huge crop of interns that they hired all at once. Um, it was more like a scam than anything else just to get free labor. <laughs> you know, uh, they'd say like you were coming in to edit video or do graphic design, and then you'd spend pretty much all of your time there every day, uh, you know, calling people up and asking if they wanted free tickets to shows. It was kind no, of a bit of a, a, bit of a, yeah. a bait and switch. Right, that's shitty. And for for whatever reason, um, they took a liking to me, and I never actually had to do any of that stuff while all these other <laughs> interns were doing it. Yeah, you're like I, suckers. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't know what they they saw something in me, and so they were like, um, "You know, we need someone to design a poster. Can you do it?" And I said, "Sure." And then right. I, I kept doing the posters from then on. So it was so much of it was luck for me mm-hmm. and uh, at networking. Pretty much yeah. every job I've gotten since then has uh, branched off directly from the Lakeshore theater. I met so many people there, mm-hmm. um, you know, big name acts like, like uh, Marin came through there, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, local comedians who've now, you know, moved on to bigger things and who still uh, hire me for, for projects. It's that's all great. branched out from there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's something that a lot of creatives uh, struggle with. Uh, is that, you know, because we're quite introverted or at least a majority of us are introverted, it's tough to say like, well, I'm not the type to get my, you know, to be work a room. And, and, you know, I tell people like, it doesn't really matter. Like the other day I, um, for instance, I met with a young guy 
he's still in high school, and he and he actually, you know what? He, if you're into it, I can, I can introduce you to him um, because he he really is a great illustrator. And he told me he wants to get better at writing, so that's where he kind of reached out to me. And uh, it turns out that he, one of his um, teachers is like an honors English teacher, and said this kid is literally one of the best, most talented writers I've I've literally ever taught. And kind of was like, I can't help him anymore because of the point of you know favoritism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she reached out to my girlfriend and said, you know, I know you guys do a lot of work in this space. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll have coffee with him, whatever. And we we grabbed coffee the other day, and there's actually a, another guy again networking uh, that I met. I met his wife at uh, at Towson University. So so I teach at some local colleges, and I always go to these networking things. And I was going there. Um, and and I met this woman who who used to teach at MICA, you know, in in Maryland, the Maryland uh, Art Institute. And she, we're talking, and next thing you know, she's like, "Oh, you got a you run a podcast? We're chatting, we're chatting." And she goes, "My husband, you should talk to him. He runs an illustration academy. So like, you know, a kind of bootstrapped kind of um, uh, it's called Baltimore Academy of Illustration, so BAI." And I checked out his work, and his work is really cool. I'm gonna send you a link to his stuff. Um, but what was interesting was I said, then I said, you know what, you should, you should meet this, uh, this guy, uh, Greg and, and we're chatting and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And then well, the funny thing is the whole time we were having coffee, he was doodling in his sketchbook and, and, and I got it. I wasn't offended. You know, like I knew he's a young kid, he's probably nervous. And again, that's probably his outlet, right? Where he's li- engage, like engaging with me and he's listening but he's literally just looking down and drawing these amazing, like, you know, comic book type ripped type dudes, like out of nothing, you know? And, and I was, I was really interested in watching that because I, I would talk to him and he'd be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he would, he would look up maybe once every two minutes, literally. And, and we're having this conversation. And in my mind, I'm like, well, if I didn't know that about him and I didn't kind of pick up on that, I could see how he would have a hard time with other people who just think he's being disrespectful, you know, or something like that. Yeah. But I realized that shit, man, you're, you're an artist. Like we're a broody fucking bunch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like if that's your thing, that's your thing. Um, and I, I just kind of was, I just ran with it, but I tell people all the time, like, and I'm sure you can appreciate, I don't think you really necessarily need to be the alpha extrovert to reap the benefits of networking it's just to me. It's just being open, and and just just being kind of nice. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really cost anything, or or personality wise, just to be nice to people or um, professional. And and you'd be surprised. And uh, especially like we know within the communities. And, and imagine you you were in an arts community, and how you got your launch was within another community of the arts that are very, it's very tight knit is comedy. Yeah, you know. And we're going to, let's talk about that. So like, you've got a great mix of, of street cred and like commercial sellout in your client list, right? <laughs> I mean, you have like these obscure alternative comedy acts, these improv houses along with the NFL and Mike's Hard Lemonade and Procter and Gamble and YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how's that mix, um, you know, reflected in your work essentially? Uh, well, even those big brand name brand names that I worked uh, mm-hmm. for, those were all almost all of those were through uh, the onion. Oh, okay. 
Mm-hmm. So um, they all still had a sort of a comedy bent to it. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, there's a, a part of the the Onion called Onion Labs, mm-hmm. and they they do yeah their their internal type team, right? Mm-hmm. And so mo- most of that was through the Onion. Uh, so and so I guess technically it was the Onion selling out, not me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm just, I'm just a way. hired gun man. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's still fun to work on. Like, you know, right. it wasn't like designing a, you know, a magazine ad or something. Right, it was right. a, like something for those brands in the voice of the onion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was funny, like when I was there, I, I worked on a great team of, uh, of, uh, producers. And I remember one of them in particular, uh, expressing concern about, you know, having to create work that was, uh, basically an ad. Mm-hmm. You know, he felt conflicted about it. Right, 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 right. And uh, I totally understood that. But I still felt that everything that they were creating was within the Onion's voice. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I never felt like I was selling out. But Right. Mean, they, they no, and like work. you said, I mean, and, and that's a whole other topic for a whole other episode where you sit there and sure. say, like, you know, uh, the quote selling out and all that kind of stuff. I mean, to me, it's like... It, it, same thing with photography, right? I could sit here and say my personal work is one style, but my commercial work is boring, but it pays well. So I'll do it, you know, and I'll balance the two. And yeah. some people balance the two. And if you're really lucky, like honestly, I think you are and how you, what you've been able to do is that like, even the commercial work kind of was, was in your quirky kind of style that you had done with your comedy stuff up until that point. And you were able to, you know, uh, kind of find that right fit. And that's a great kind of a testament to, uh, you know, really honing in your style and sticking to it. Because then even when the bigger things come to you that could be rather boring and rather corporate, mm-hmm. they still want your style, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's not easy. You know, a lot of times you're like, okay, your style's great. Now just build me a fucking Bud Light bottle and just make it look good. And you're like, uh, that's not at all what I do. I mean, yeah. if you needed that, you could have hired any one of your internal in-house team guys to do this shit. Um, I've but, certainly, yeah. uh, I've certainly done work like that mm-hmm. where it was like completely soulless and had nothing to do with my, <laughs> with my, uh, my actual style. Right, right, right. Um, you know, I had to pay the bills. Yeah, exactly. And that's the yeah. thing. Like I said, it's to me is kind of unavoidable if oh, yeah. you're going to make a living. You're you super know? lucky if you can make a living only working in your style. Right. Doing exactly what you want to do. Well, not exactly right. what you want to do, but fitting it within the parameters of what they want. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Whereas Where you, you get know, creative license to do kind of what you want, but under their creative yeah. brief. Right. It's more of a collaboration than just them mm-hmm. saying, make this for us. We already know mm-hmm. what we want. We just want you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you're a monkey. <laughs> just yeah. do this and uh, and dance me, monkey dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Sometimes you have to dance, but... Exactly, exactly. Right, right, right. Um, So speaking of street cred, what's it like having your work kind of be the literal face for the podcast, the end all podcast, you know, the the what the fuck podcast with with Marin? Um, You've done quite a bit with Marin, like you you mentioned, right? Is there anything that kind of stands out as like your favorite work, whether it's like the poster stuff or the artwork stuff? Uh, Specifically for Marin? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think my favorite thing I've done is actually the one I did a poster for his marination tour. I think it was the uh, Pittsburgh show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually got that 
I, I'd done a number of posters for him before and uh, he was just, he just uh, tweeted, you know, uh, I need some artwork for my upcoming tour. I responded and, and that's how those two came about. They one oh, in wow. Pittsburgh and one in, uh, I forget where the other one was, but um, yeah, I just responded to a tweet and that's how that one happened. And that was, <laughs> that, that Pittsburgh poster is probably my favorite one I've done for him. Is that the and one then, with the head, the head coming off and you see the brain? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I've seen that one. That one's great. And then, um, like a few months ago, I guess, um, a design team were redesigning his website and they contacted me and asked if they could use it, uh, on his site. I didn't know it was going to be featured so prominently, but it's pretty, it's pretty great that it is. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Marin. I've been listening to his podcast almost since it started. Oh, wow. So it's, it's been a, you know, a great honor to be able to, you know, create, these posters for him. Right. That's great. And, and, you know, like you said, I mean, all that, like you said, it came about through just social media and, and, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy how that happens. Right. We sit here and say like, well, for a lot of people that you're a fan of, uh, that's the one really cool thing about social media is it makes people just more accessible and you never mm-hmm. know until you ask, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and it's like, that's, kind of the point, you know, like, and I've had to, um, really appreciate, I come to really appreciate it through doing even my own podcast because, you know, you can imagine as a photographer for some 10 years, I was used to rejection, reaching out to people, hearing no, continuing to do it. But it was even crazier when, when I started the show and it was like, all right, I, I want it to be kind of conversational like Mark Marin's and laid back like Bill Burr's, but, you know, have an artist flair like uh, Nick Onkins, you know what I mean? And and kind of have those kind of little a mashup of all those things. And then I said, well, who am I going to talk to? Let's start going after bigger people. And, and at first it was like, dang, like it was surprising how uh, well received the, the, the asks were. And then I started thinking, well, okay, let's go bigger. And then you kind of get over the fear of it. You know, if someone says no, it's like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll find someone else, you know. Um, and it's pretty neat, like you said, through Twitter, you know. So, I mean, you I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, when, we, when we started talking this and we started, um, you know, the conversation about you coming on, I wanted to bust your balls a little bit and say, how is it you've done work for like the Barbara Walters of podcasting, but you've never been on one yourself? You know, so you still nervous about this interview? And and yes, I'm giving you shit about two thirds of the way through. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, I was a little nervous about coming out here. I, I've never done anything like this before. Right. I mean, I've, certainly, I've certainly listened to a lot of podcasts. Right, but right. I've never been on one before. Oh, man, um, I think there's tons you could think about. There's so many. Do you listen to a lot of like design podcasts? No, I, I almost exclusively comedy podcasts, actually. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, there's there's uh, there's a ton of like really cool design ones that I think you'd really appreciate on both ends of the spectrum as an illustrator and a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I mean, if you're into them, shit, what cool thing to say? Hey, I've done work for some pretty cool people in comedy. Uh, I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. You know, let, let's chat about that. And that's yeah. getting you know your brand out there and your name out there. Um, you know, for for you know Giuliani for your work. I mean, it just goes by your name, which is really cool. Um, and just for your work in general, I think that's pretty, pretty sick, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, let me ask you, are there any kind of 
personal projects or or anything else you've been working on? And kind of what are your thoughts on personal projects as a whole? I mean, and, and that could be to someone like you, uh, and especially at this point in your career, like you had mentioned, where you took a full-time job for the steady paycheck to, to, to have the bills paid. Did that, do you think that opens you up to just kind of doing personal work? Or I don't want to go so far as to say spec work, but personal work and just kind of, or is it to you? I can imagine personal work is always kind of probably there, right? Because it's like only when you experiment with shit on your own, can you then really kill it for a client? Yeah. I, I mean, I've got a long list of personal projects that I really like to do, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's just a matter of having the time and energy to do it, right. especially now working a full-time job and then doing uh, freelance design work, uh, you know, on nights and weekends, uh, it really packs things in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hope to eventually get to more personal projects. Uh, it's just, you know, trying to fit everything in. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And that's part of it is like, like you said, finding the time is mm-hmm. fucking the, the hardest part rather than just doing it. Are there any, yeah, anyone sh- you want to share just to kind of get them on the ether things that you've been trying to work on? I really, uh, I really want to do a, a, a comic book. I used to draw comic books all the time. My own when I was a kid, mm-hmm. that's not something I've done in a, in a very long time. I think that, um, it'd be interesting to do it now with the way my, uh, the way my style has changed so much since the last time I've done it. I mean, I haven't done it since I was little. So, um, it'd certainly, uh, there'd certainly be a big jump in the draftsmanship, uh, from when I was like eight. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd hope so. (laughs) You're sitting there and you go, well, I, I still have to create a vision of an eight-year-old. That's fine. As long as you have the actual artistic ability of an eight-year-old. I mean, yeah, unless yeah. you're fucking the Beethoven of, uh, of artists, you know, and, uh, but uh, beyond that, it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to jump back into that after so long. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and actually I've been really lucky um, working with a lot of comedians, making posters for them. A lot of times they don't, uh, they don't say we want this in the poster or this in the poster. Basically, they just say, here's the show information, put whatever you want in there. And that's really been, that's almost like doing my own personal work because I'm just drawing whatever I want and then slapping their name on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, been, right. that's been great. Yeah, you're right. And that's, and that's a great thing. I mean, that's where, as a creative, that's almost a holy grail, right? In terms of clients, it's, they're coming yeah. to you, they see the worth, the 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 value in your work. They, they've, you know, they, they, they agree with what you you believe you're worth in terms of rates. And then beyond that, they go one step further and say, listen, I trust you, man. Just kill it. Just, just open interpretation. We trust you. Mm-hmm. And, and that to me is like, you know, it's the polar opposite of, of a lot of commercial clients who put you in a box is yeah. like, they're saying, dude, do whatever you want. Take creative liberty, take creative license. Here's a rough kind of, outline of what we're looking for like you said interpret it however you will and as a creative i, I know for me and i'm sure for you you can, you can let me know is like that suddenly gives you not only like a great amount of confidence but also just really starts like inspirationally starts really getting you going because you're like all right sweet like you said it's a collaboration now all of a sudden i'm thinking to myself all right let's yeah, I got tons of ideas. And then you start really kind of looking at it that way instead of like, 
oh, I gotta fucking do this Bud Light thing, this bottle. I hate it. Like you're going in already with a a really shitty mindset that that is is not obviously going to help you. But we all been there. You know what I mean? Like it happens. You know. Um, but I mean, yeah. Tell me. I mean, that's that, like you said. That's a really lucky place to be. And has that been like all of your comedy work is like that? I'd say, uh, aside from the onion where, you know, they have a specific idea, but, um, you know, most of the comedy posters I've done, even the Marin ones, um, yeah, there's like, they just say, I need a poster. They don't have any, they don't tell me, you know, they want a a particular thing in there. Right. Like, um, there've been a number of times where I've been drawing something particularly weird that I just thought up and I'm like, sort of, you know, uh, step outside myself for a moment and think someone's actually paying me to draw a horse that's simultaneously vomiting and shitting. <laughs> and I'm like, this is like a dream come true for me. <laughs> like you said, you know, <laughs> I'm literally burning the candle on both ends. <laughs> just like, just like this horse. Oh my God, that's hysterical. <clears throat> so yeah, there's a, there's a degree of that self-awareness, right? Where you sit there and like you said, take a step back and go, Dang, I got it pretty fucking good. Yeah. Don't you agree, Mr. Ed? Who suddenly has a stomach flu and dysentery? <laughs> like, oh my God, that's hysterical. Um, yeah. And like you said, that's that's an amazing place to be. And um, you know, circling back a little bit on on the commercial work, the one thing I noticed was uh I was checking out the stuff you did from Mike's Hard Lemonade. And they were, I guess, like really cool. Uh, what's the word? Not special edition, but collector's edition can designs mm-hmm. um, for for them. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The video, as many people pointed out in the comments, was a little nauseating with the, the in and out and the music, but it was cool. <laughs> yeah. um, and and what was really neat, I, I want to know, like, what was that like? Because it literally it was very on the nose, but in a creative way, uh, interpretations of of flavors so like blood orange and and all this other stuff and and mm-hmm. and uh they were obviously really well done and and but i wonder how much of that like you said because it was mostly through the onion or through another um you know intermediary how much kind of what was that kind of creative process like working with them that was interesting because uh like it was through the onion mm-hmm. and they hired the onion because they wanted um they wanted to have the voice of the onion. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really surprised when I got involved in that, that all those ideas were, those were my ideas. Like um, I figured they would have writers saying, you know, we want, uh, we're going to interpret this flavor as this, this, and this. But um, they basically said, uh, you know, the person I was working with at the onion, she said, you know, just come up with a bunch of sort of rough sketches for all of these different flavors um, just to give them a bunch of ideas to pick from. And then whatever ones they choose, we'll move further with. But um, yeah, that really surprised me in that project in particular, because usually on all the other onion projects I'd worked on, um, you know, there was a team of writers that came up with everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, with, yeah. With that one, it was, it was mostly up to me. And then uh, the person I was working with at onion labs, she would sort of whittle it down and then, uh, the Mike's Hard Lemonade people would whittle it down even further. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. I mean, like, and like you said, again, that was a great example of how you 
you know, you've uh, you've been able, like you said, to to have a little more input in the process than ordinarily you would yeah. have with a client like that. So that's that's pretty neat. So, um, Tim, you mind if I call you Tim? Sure, that's fine. <laughs> so, Tim, we're gonna get a little deep in these uh, this last few questions. Okay. Um, so, tell me, what's the biggest risk you've taken in your career? Um. Probably like sticking with freelancing during those slow periods. Mm-hmm. Um, something that my wife wasn't very happy about. <laughs> uh, I mean, as an artist herself, I'm, you know, she appreciated that I wanted to stick with, you know, creative field. But at the same time, you know, we have to be able to pay for things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like we were talking about earlier. You have to try and work out a balance between the two. So what about her? Did she end up, is she still pursuing art or is it kind of more of a passive thing nowadays for her as well? Uh, she's a, a jeweler now. Mm-hmm. It, so it's not, she's not creating her own jewelry. She hopes to eventually, but uh, it's still a, she's a craftsman or oh, okay. craftsperson, I should yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's still, you know, it's within the arts field. I'd say. Oh, okay. Nice. So, I mean, like you said, that's, that's not easy. You know, I mean, that, that's never easy. I mean, yeah. I, I'm in it myself now with, um, you know, with uh, last when I met my girlfriend now, I had a, a job, you know, I had, I had a job in New York and then she ended up working for that company as well as a graphic designer. And then I ended up um, getting laid off and it was it was a, a switch. You know, I went from the kind of like in the beginning of the relationship, the breadwinner to her being the breadwinner and me saying, OK, uh, after trying to get a job and not and having trouble again, I said, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna go back to pursuing what I want to do and and making it work. And uh, and like you said, it, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy when it's not just you anymore and it's someone else and you're sharing your life with. And you know, especially for us, we have you know we have two kids, so it's a it's a much even bigger conversation. Uh, and yeah, but at the same time. Um, like you said, as an artist herself, she understood it. She didn't necessarily always agree with it, um, and wasn't always the biggest fan, but she was always supportive. And I, I thank her to this day and still do because it's not easy, you know? And like you said, dude, if you're able to, you know, have those conversations, be honest with each other and, and, and really be willing to adapt then you're lucky yeah because then you can you know you can adjust your lifestyle and and, and say hey look if we're going to really pursue this then maybe we you know whatever we don't take a vacation this year or we get a smaller place or whatever may have you um to kind of adapt and make it happen uh and that's a really great thing you know so so tell me what's your biggest fear creatively uh Maybe that I'll go blind and I won't be able to be creative anymore. Fuck, that is deep. Oh my god! So is that too heavy? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> That's perfect because, like, I remember I can't remember who it was. Someone was saying, like, uh, we were having one of those deep kind of like beer, like drinking conversations like that one day, mm-hmm. and uh, and we it was like two photographers, a poet, and like, oh, what was my other friend doing? Fuck, I don't remember right now, but uh, I want to say a writer or some shit. And and we we were drinking and we said, all right, you got to pick one. You're either fucking blind, deaf, or <laughs> something or other. And 
the two girls or other photographers literally started having panic attacks. Wow. And going like, that's horrible. I don't know. Because if you think about it, if you're creative, like, okay, I want to see because I want to be able to still take pictures. But I love music and music is so inspiring and inspirational and drives me to, in my art that if I can never hear again, I would, that would be horrible. And then it's like, well, there are, I, I would, and I tried to like say, well, there are blind photographers that didn't help. And, <laughs> and they're all are like, they really, they're really blind photographers. Yeah. 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 If you look it up I mean, there's people like, cause obviously they, I don't think any of them were born blind, but if, if by some uh, happenstance of events, you know, they, they still work and shoot, it's just, you have to, hey, you want to wow. do it enough. You find, yeah, you find, you find a way. And, um, I was like, you know, you could still do it. Obviously, it wouldn't be the same, but you know, and, yeah, and but it, a, like you said, a, it was deep. Like you just said yeah, it. That's my biggest choice. Losing my like, sight. Fuck. You know, like you can't braille something amazing. So Sorry you, to blind people, but <laughs> would you choose to go deaf then, or or what? I mean, let's. I mean, uh, I think I like as, as important as music is. Uh-huh. Like you were saying, it, it you know fuels your creativity. I, I listen to music constantly, uh-huh. especially while I'm working. Yeah. Um, if I had to choose between the two, I guess I would have to choose going deaf. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless unless I if I were blind and I'd have to try to make it as a musician from scratch. I'd yeah. Have to do something I, creative. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like it. I. Shit. I should make that one of the five. <laughs> One like of the deep question, yeah. One of the deep questions would just say, "Make people literally have panic attacks on the show." Like, <laughs> Dude, you went too deep. Oh my god, that's too funny. Because yeah, I mean, I, I sit there and say, "Let's see, I write, I do photography. Uh, obviously, this would be a much harder job to do if I'm deaf." Um, but I mean, it it'd be interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe people. I'll just tell people, "Hey, you got to come on Skype and type." type your responses to me so then I can just mouth it. I mean, but yeah, oh man, that's crazy. That's a good, that's a good one. Thank you for that. <laughs> so that's a pretty big fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me, name your most meaningful moment in your career thus far. Um, I was like super excited to start working at the onion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, you know, I was a big fan of the onion. Mm-hmm. It was like a dream come true to be able to, uh, to work there. Uh, to work with, you know, an amazing team of, of producers and writers. It was just, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was probably um, my favorite, most meaningful moment in my career. That's great. And, and was it like, did you actually work there, work there? Or was it like a freelancer basis where you were just doing work with them or how did it work? It was freelancing, but it was, uh, it was pretty steady. They mm-hmm. called me in quite a bit over, nice. I'd say like a two year period. Oh, I started okay. there on the, the 2012 election coverage mm-hmm. and um, worked there for a pretty solid two years. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. And w- were you ever doing like, um, like, uh, like a political kind of uh, cartoon type type shit like that or no? Um, most of it was uh, um, photo editing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, putting Obama's head on someone else's body, that sort of thing. <laughs> right, right, Lots, a lot of, uh, you know, Photoshop fakery. Right. Uh, but there's, there's a little bit of illustration involved. Not, oh, not okay. terribly, uh, not a whole lot. But, uh, right. Mostly oh. Photoshop. Oh, okay. Nice. 
And I mean, yeah, I, I saw the um, I don't want to call it propaganda, but the, the the like the the video on the onion where like they talk about the onion, you know, and and I was watching that. And uh, and I've I've known about the Onion for a long time, but never actually had watched that video. And it was really interesting about the history of the, you know, the uh, the, the platform, if you will, uh, the company, and um, and seeing what they their reach is huge, and and it's hysterical what like how they've like you said they've integrated themselves in the pop culture and 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 that kind of thing, and and have made a huge splash, especially like. I think the most hysterical thing is in this Facebook generation where people um, just share things without really actually reading them. Yeah. And then that's, you, and then you have it's people. crazy that people are still fooled by it. <laughs> After all these years, you think, you think everyone would know what the onion was and like, right. know that it's all, right. you know, it's, it's satire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying people still share it and think it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but like, but like really like it's bad. Like they'll be like, no, there's this article here. Here it is. And I'm like, literally, when you share it on Facebook, it has like that little metadata where it says satire. Like, come on, man. You know, like, oh, my God. But yeah. Well, like uh, a friend of mine, his, uh, I think uh, someone in his, his wife's family was arguing with him once about that. Like <laughs> he was so certain that an Onion article was real. I don't remember what which one it was, but he was like, you know, just so serious about it and so certain that, you know, it was some like, uh, you know, probably some political satire. Right. 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 And, right. Like, and like my friend is like, you know, it's not real. It's comedy. It's satire, but he just, he wouldn't have it. It's, and it's like weird, even in the, in the face of someone telling you that it's not real, <laughs> you still insist. You're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not saying like your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. saying, the whole crux of your argument is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, even if you just like, say if you click over to the next article on, on the onion, maybe this one seems sort of real. Right. There are so many other things that are obvious bullshit. You think right. you'd figure it out. You know, none of this is true. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, and so, so tell me what's the biggest regret in your career? Um, not being uh, more proactive about promoting myself. Like like we were talking like we were talking about earlier, being mm-hmm. an introvert. I'm a total introvert. Yeah, I'm terrible about networking. I could tell from um, your hair and your black clothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I guess I'm a bit of an oddball. Uh, but. No, you know what it is. The reason why I found it so humorous is like, uh, in terms of like personal branding, uh, I always find that when people. Uh, make like some sort of character or or face of themselves as their brand, and they they've liked it for so long. I very rarely find that that when I meet that person, they still look exactly like it. And it mm-hmm. was so funny because I'm I'm looking at like the kind of kooky hair and the glasses, and literally as you're as you're turning on the video and I'm seeing the the logo, and then I see you, I go, oh shit, it's like a mirror. This guy is not <laughs> fucking around. I was like, that respect, you know, like, I was like, because, you know, you can imagine, like, everyone does it. Like, I'm going to make myself, you know, be this, like, beach buff, like, kind of, you know, uh, uh, co- you know, character in this thing. And then you meet me. I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> you should yeah. work out more. <laughs> like, but come on. That's the whole point of, like, you know, drawing myself is I can take a little cup of a little liberty, you know, and it's like, no, but you, yours is great. Well, thank you. And what's funny is that, like, you know, I'm like 
smiling like an idiot in my logo. Like, and like I was saying, I'm an introvert. I'm not an outgoing person. And some people, when they saw it, it's like, I've never actually seen you smile before. It's like, <laughs> so it's kind of like a joke the way I'm right, making right. that face. But right. And or, just the, just the, you know, just choosing to put my face as my logo is, is almost seems out of character for me. Yeah. 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 And it, what's funny is I think that maybe is like a testament to the, all the comedy stuff you did, because mm-hmm. if you think about it, every fucking comedian or every comedic writer or whatever, their Twitter photo is always some dumb fucking picture of them looking up like this. <laughs> right. And yeah, see, I know exactly what. Yeah. yeah, of course. Everyone does. I'm sure everyone's yeah. going like, oh, yep, yep. I know that. I know that. I know that photo. Like, what are they looking at? Yeah. Oh, like they're holding a cat with lasers coming out of its eye. It's like. Yeah. Know. They're like, they're like looking at a banana or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we get it. So it's kind of funny that you incorporated a little bit of element of that uh, into your logo, even though you're like, yeah, that's totally not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it looks exactly like me uh, with the exception of my lively looking skin as opposed to that that kind of zombie well, yeah, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not actually green I hope yeah. that wasn't disappointing <laughs> no not at all you know I'd be like you know what let's hang up you should go see a doctor <laughs> you should go to the hospital um, so Tim we're on the kind of last deep one here and for this one I kind of you know, I, I always at this point in the interview try and guess if I know the way a guest would answer it uh, I think I have an idea, but I'll, I'll I'll ask you it and see where it goes. So, if you couldn't share your work with anyone, not your wife, not your best friend, or anyone, would you still create your art? Um, I'd like to think I would. Uh, like I like if I was like on a desert island, or there was that <laughs> uh, that that sh- it was like a shut in. Uh, right. Henry Henry Darger, mm-hmm. he. Uh, he created like this huge, like uh, elaborate series of, of works of art. It was like um, a narrative thing with these, these weird, like um, little girls who uh, I think they were transgendered or something. It was really, it was, it was like this long thing that he spent his whole life making and no one had ever, no one saw it until he died and they went into his apartment. Holy shit. And um, so I like to think maybe I would be like that guy, just sort of like, (laughs) Like I die and they go into my home right? and they see all these things on the walls and there's just like stacks of things. Right. Like some sort of Howard Hughes, like creative type. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, have you ever heard of um, Finding Vivian Meyer? You, you'd really appreciate it. So it's the same exact thing, only it's a documentary about a, a photographer. So it was a woman in Chicago, oddly enough, I believe, oh. um, who uh, was a nanny. And no one ever knew that she taken took photos, and she was a very private person. And it wasn't until she passed away, and uh, like an archivist and photographer kind of guy bought a chest at an estate sale, and inside of it was like hundreds and thousands of rolls of unexposed film. And uh, and he started going through all the work and realizing he basically found her archive over like decades that no one ever saw, and she was already passed away at this point for a few years and it was like literally it's like finding out and it really is you should you should check the documentary it's on netflix i believe but it what was really interesting was it was basically like finding out this person was one of the most prolific uh street portrait photographers of the 20th century and no one knew who she was 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And and like it, even it's really interesting because they even uh he he like the whole documentary is talking about his story, showing the work, her story, but also interviewing people who knew her personally and saying like, did you ever know she was a photographer? And they're like, no. And I've known her for all these years and I never knew. And then, you know, and then he follows up with, if she was still alive today, what do you think she, how do you think she'd feel about all this? And they're like, she'd fucking hate it, you know? And, and then you get into the whole, uh, ethic moral kind of gray area dilemma where you sit here and say like well okay if this person never chose to put it out there but then we say but this is art and you have to share it with the world and 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 the world has to experience it and you start putting it out there but then it's like but if it goes against what that person wanted when they were still alive is that still fair you know and and it's it's a really kind of I mean that that could be a huge debate, and and it was a very hotly debated thing when that documentary came out. Um, but uh, like, uh, like 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 publishing Kurt Cobain's notebooks, his, his diary, exactly. Like these aren't things that people were meant to see. Mm-hmm, exactly, and and it's you know it's that it's um it's that fact that you sit there and say like yeah this is this is not right, but at the yeah. same time it's like but. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, let's I guess see. it's like a a true test of of if you really are an artist is mm-hmm. if you'd still be doing it if no one cared. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, I ask this question to everybody, and it's funny. Some people go, you know what? I don't know because I loved seeing and experiencing sharing my work with people, with clients and other people. And if you took that away. And it was very solitary and, and almost selfish. I don't know if I still do it. But then there's other people who, who go on the flip side and say, of course, it's therapeutic. That's why I picked up a camera. That's why I still shoot. Even with my iPhone, if I go out and take a picture, I might never show it to anyone, but I still took it because I still saw, like I still have a photographic eye and I still see things that interest me. And yeah. that will never kind of go away. Um so I, I see both sides of it. I personally could never, never really have actually answered it, but you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, thank you, Tim, for taking the time out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you can't believe a whole hour went by already, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't, didn't seem that Yeah, long. no, that's how it always happens. Um, so tell me, where can people check out your stuff and learn more about what you do? Uh, they can go to my website, uh, timothygiuliani.com. Uh, yeah, spell, spell that out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, G-I-U-L-I-A-N-I. That's uh, a little bit of a tricky name. Just like uh, Uncle Rudy. He used to be the mayor of New York. Uncle Rudy. There you go. Yeah, exactly. He's not, he's not really my uncle. <laughs> but uh, That's funny. But yeah, look up look up Mayor Giuliani and then just put Tim in front of it. <laughs> and you got it. You know, for sure. All right. So listen, Tim, last but not least, who's someone that you would like to hear us talk to on the show? Uh, some, someone I know or, or anybody? Well, really anybody. I mean, a lot of times we ask that, you know, uh, being honest, it doesn't hurt if it's someone you know or who's doing cool things and say, look, you know, this person you should really talk to. Or, or if it's someone, you know, it's like a lot of times like um, as a for instance, when I had uh, this one guy, Chase Jarvis on. Uh, and I asked him this question. He knows a lot of big people. And he just goes, you should have Mark Maron on. 
And I was like, well, <laughs> duh, but that's what every fucking podcaster says. And I'm like, yeah, it would be great. Uh, but unless you got like a warm intro, I don't know, you know. Um, but again, it's really just anybody. But some people go both ways. Some people say, uh, I got this one guy you got to talk to. It does amazing things. And then some people tell me, um, you know, oh, I just love to hear if you could talk to, I don't know, fucking Vladimir Putin or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, that would be really cool. <laughs> and there's... um. There's two people I've done a lot of work with over the past few few years. Sure. Uh, uh, Matt Byrne, mm-hmm. he uh, he's he promotes comedy shows in Chicago mm-hmm. and all around the country. Uh, he and and Ian Abramson have like a partnership. Ian Abramson is a stand-up comedian. They both uh, developed this show called uh, Seven Minutes in Purgatory. Oh and wow! It's um it's this interesting concept where the stand-up comedian is sort of separated from the audience Mm -hmm. and they can't hear the reactions from the audience at all. So they're, they're performing their stand-up act and it's, it's uh, piped in through video to the crowd. It's, it's a, it's interesting to see how that changes things. Yeah. Cause without hearing how people are reacting to what they're saying. And you, cause I, cause to me, comedy, just like uh, musicians, I mean, they get a lot of their energy from the crowd. Yeah. Right. So if you if you completely remove that element, it's oh man, that's got to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It can, yeah, I've seen it before, and it can it can get pretty awkward. <laughs> like, like they're wondering how people are. Yeah. Some, you know, there's like awkward pauses. Right. And, and and then you got the Andrew Dice Clay. Thanks, Bobby. You got the Andrew Dice Clay type mentality. Like, hey, anybody hear me? This thing on. You know, like you, yeah. you do one of those, and then you sit there and go like. Uh, well, right. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole point. It's kind of putting, um, a mirror to the kind of really, really necessary part of that, that exchange, you know, it is an exchange. And if you take that out of it, it is, it is very weird. That is interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's I'm a great concept. And I've, I've uh, been lucky enough to do posters for a number of the shows and they've been doing it all over the country. That's awesome. So definitely I will, I will definitely be, uh, We'll definitely chat about that after the show and 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 uh, get get some information from you. So it seems really neat. Yeah, nice. Well, listen, Tim. Thank you for taking the time out today. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed your first experience. Yes, uh, I did. And I honestly will will be on your ass about you getting on some design shows and and really promoting uh, what you do because your work's amazing, man. Yeah, thank you. That would be great. All right, all right, Tim. We'll take care. Have a good one. You too.